shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Human hope fam. You're like, wait, where's the music? Why is Dr. Delight not playing? There's a reason. Nobody's in trouble. Dr. Delight and I are still in a solid relationship. So here's the deal. Today's podcast is maybe one of the more special podcasts I've ever recorded. Two reasons. One, because it's with one of my mentors, shepherds, Jedi's, Jeannie Stevens, one of the wisest souls you guys are going, I'm telling you in 60 minutes, your life may be completely changed. Okay. So I know that's a, that's like a big hype train, but I'm on it. And number two, because we actually recorded this podcast with a live studio audience in Chicago, Illinois. Is it Illinois or Illinois? Anyway, nonetheless, uh, Jeannie has a, a, I'm just going to say her life work is wrapped up in this message, what's here now. And I'm telling you, just this interview for me, if I didn't have to do it for anybody else, but for me, it literally did change everything. And it changed everything just a few days ago. I was in Chicago and I recorded in front of the very first live studio audience for the Human Hope Podcast in Chicago. And it was amazing. The idea here is what's here now, how to stop rehashing the past and rehearsing the future and start receiving the present. This is a problem for so many of us, especially after the last few years. Jeannie is going to help center us. She is a gift. And well, the reason why we're not playing the theme song right now is because we played it live and y'all know how hype I get for this theme song. Y'all know how hype I get when Dr. Delight comes on. And I, you know, normally I'm like in my basement dancing around by myself. No, we played it. Remember when we played it for the black aunties and they went nuts? Well, we played it for the live studio audience. And when I said, y'all ready for this? Can I tell you something? They were ready for this. So sit back and enjoy this life changing conversation with one of my best friends, Jeannie Stevens. <laughs> It is Thursday, May 19th, 2022. This is episode 59 of the Human Hope Podcast. I got one question. Y'all ready for this? True. In one moment, I got a question. Hey, Chicago, y'all in the house? Yeah. Yes. Welcome to episode fifty-nine of the Human Hope Podcast. My name is Carlos Enrique with Guzman Chabelo Cabello, or Los for short. 
And、uh, I am in Chicago at Soul City Church. Woo! Yeah! With one of my dearest, dearest friends, Jeannie. How are you doing? Carlos, I can't believe you're here. I、and、can't I believe, believe we are doing this in a live studio audience. Live studio audience, yes. It's amazing. And I've always dreamed of having that, that theme song play. Everyone get hype. Everyone start dancing. You got up, they can't see it on the podcast right now, but you got up, you were spinning around with your flowy, beautiful dress and your cute little kicks. It was awesome. <laughs> it was, It's a party. It's time to celebrate. It is, it is time to celebrate. Listen,、um, I'm just grateful that you're going to give me a few minutes, and we've got a live studio audience as well.、Uh, and we're going to lean into、uh, what I believe is your life's work.、Um, and we're going to get into that for a second. But what I want to do for the listeners is maybe rewind for a second and fill people in on, you know, you're not, I'll, I'll have authors on my show, I'll have people come with their projects, but you're, you're like a friend. You are a soul friend. So, can you just for the Human Hope family for just a second, give me just a few minutes on how it is that our stories got connected? Yeah, I am so grateful to be here and thank you for having me、Absolutely. on the show to be a part of what you are doing through the Human Hope. And I love thinking back to how our stories started and, and the weave of, of your life and my life and, and your family and、yeah. my family. And we met when we were both. Living in Atlanta.、Uh, yep. I don't think either of us thought that our stories were going to converge there,、um, but we were both a part of a, a great community down there and, and we met. And、uh, God was kind of stirring in our hearts、yeah. to、uh, start this community up in Chicago. And I think God was stirring in your heart to be a part of something different. Absolutely. And I think a lot of what we connected on was the desire to. Gather people around authenticity, to gather people with a, a spirit of hospitality.、Yeah. Um, and when I say hospitality, I don't mean like a, a beautiful charcuterie board, which <laughs>、right. always makes it better, but、sure. I, I mean the hospitality of, of when you're with another person,、yeah. that when you leave that experience, You're changed. Yes, absolutely.、Um, not because of what they offered you at a table. And,、yes. and I think that we had a, a common desire to see、yes. people encounter warmth and love、yes. and grace and、uh, being seen. Yes. And so I, I think that's what connected it us. It is. It is. It's what connected us. And you know, I, you actually asked me. To come, I think I, I was maybe the only friend you have that had like a nice camera at the time, which is why you invited me to do it. But I, you, you're like, hey, can you come take pictures? And I just learned how to like put some blur behind my, you know, the pictures. And so I was like, yeah, I'll come. And I was like taking pictures of cupcakes and mugs. And, and, and Heather and I sat there in your living room、um, and listened to your dream of what Soul City was gonna be. And we just kept looking at each other like, Like our ethos, we're literally just sinking. This, was, this is something beautiful. And now here we sit on stage in an actual building in the West Loop of Chicago with human beings whose lives are being impacted by the truth of the gospel in this city. It's、yeah. just amazing. I'm full circle. It's full circle. And I love that you were there at the. Um, the like embryo stage、yeah. of, of a dream, and to now sit in this room with all of these people, and it's, it's so much more than a yeah. dream.、Oh, it's, yeah. it's just a beautiful vision that continues to unfold that is so far beyond who I am,、yeah. who Jared is, who our family is. Like, it, Soul City is its, its own beautiful it is. entity in and of itself that it I just feel grateful to be a part of. It's, it's amazing.、Uh, it's, it's, it's literally a move of God that's happening in the city. Also, that was a Uh, uh, that was preemptive to you guys hiring me to do your family photo shoot in the garage at Buckhead this Church. This is true. This is true. Yes. Do you still have those pictures? Do you have、oh, them in frame somewhere? They're on our, they're、okay. on our wall. I'll,、yep. I'll check it out tonight. Absolutely. I'll, I'll、yeah. see if, I'll, I'll see, I'll see if that happened. Yeah,、um, but we've, we've seen a lot of life together. We've watched our kids grow yes, up. We've we walked through really great seasons together. We've walked through really hard seasons、yeah. together. You know, if you're a listener to the podcast and you、um, have read my book, Kill the Spider. Uh, that, that season of my life where I was killing the spider,、um, you and Jarrett were、uh, just core in our, in, our, in our close circle of allowing my family to find healing again.、Mm-hmm. So, you know, we went through there.、Um, and, then, uh, and then now, you know, your book, you know, I, I get to, you know, and, and I, I, I saw when Jeannie was. 
walking out what you have sitting in your lap right now in your book. Uh, and I want to start leaning into that conversation for a second. You know, um, uh, a few years after starting Soul City, you, you, would, you, would, you would readily admit that your soul just started to get scrambled. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the listeners of the podcast right now, um, well, all of them, we've all been through our very first pandemic ever. Okay. So we're all pandemic That's rookies. Right. That's you know, right. we've, uh, we, we, none of us did it right. You know, and none of us did it wrong. We we're all, we all just did it, but we've, we're, we're kind of crawling out of the backside here. And I feel like there's a lot of people whose souls are scrambled right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of us that are listening, uh, that are just like, I just, I don't know which way is left. I don't know which way is right. I don't know if I've got to, if I'm supposed to go that way, if I'm supposed to go this way, I don't know what to do. And they, they feel lost. They feel overwhelmed. Why don't you take us back to, to, to the moments with an S of when you felt the most overwhelmed and just get a little raw with us in that yeah. moment. Yeah, this is obviously uh, many years before I wrote What's Here Now. And I remember being three or four years into Soul City, uh, being a church and people coming and it was way beyond our living room. You know, it wasn't just like a handful of people that came over to eat meat and cheese. And then we, you know, sang a few songs and prayed a few prayers. Like it was now becoming this thing and lots of people were coming and, um, I felt overwhelmed Mm. leading it. I felt, uh, a lot of that, uh, tension of imposter syndrome, like Mm. who am I? to be at the helm of this thing. I feel like I have more moments where I don't know what to do than I do know what to do. And nobody really wants to follow somebody that's like, yeah, I don't know what we should do. Let's just see, <laughs> right? And, and so I, I found this tension inside of me um, to pretend, wow. to pretend that my soul was full. Yeah. But the truth was um, it was dry and it wow. was weary and... You know, I I love when Jesus says, um, what good is it to gain the world yet forfeit your soul? And I felt like people had always said about me, you're such a soulful person. Mm. And I didn't feel like my soul was full anymore. And I was leading a church called Soul City Church. (laughs) And it it just, it felt like such an inner contradiction. Mm inside of me and I didn't know how to let that contradiction out and um, it was strange because I feel like the more I worked for God the more the work of God deteriorated inside of me wow and yeah like you asked I felt exhausted and overwhelmed and and you know those feelings like you're here but you're not really here yeah like you know like present. I'm here, but no part of me is here. I feel like that's how I walked through my life. Like, you know, when you go to the airport and you're like, I need to find Annie Ann's because who doesn't want a hot pencil, right? (laughs) At all times. Right. And you like go looking at that directory and, and you see the red dot and it says, you are here. I was not here. Wow. And I started realizing like, if I'm not here, where am I? Hmm. Like if, if I'm not really present, then I don't know where I am. And, wow. and thankfully, a, a guide and a mentor that has just been such a gift in my life came into my life. And I remember sitting with him in a corner bakery and kind of like explaining all of this to him and just kind of like verbally vomiting. Yeah. Like, I'm not here. There's something really wrong. I'm leading a church. It's called Soul City Church. I don't know where my soul is. Help me. And, and I remember him like looking at me and so lovingly saying like, Oh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Mm. You're just not here. Mm. And you just need to figure out how to get here. Wow. And wow. I'm like, no, I'm here. It's Corner <laughs> Bakery. Like, we're here. We're having coffee. And he's like, no, your heart's not here, Jeannie. Mm. Your mind isn't here. Yeah. All that's here is your body. But, but who you are as a person isn't here. Huh. And all you need to do is find that red dot. Yeah. Locate yourself back in the present moment. And, and he literally just said, so I just want you to start asking the question, what's here now? Just ask it however many times you need to ask it. What's here now? What's here now? He literally told me about this 
app. It's called Mind Jogger. And he's like, download it when you get home, type in the question, tell it to ask you randomly all throughout your day. And every time it pops up on your phone, answer the question, where are you? Wow. And, and that question helped me start to come back to the present location. Wow. You yeah. know, like real estate agents say like, location, 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 yeah. right? That's like, that's like how to sell a house. Absolutely. And I feel like it's, it's not a real estate mantra. I feel like it's a spiritual mantra mm. because most of us are not really here. Yeah. We're yeah. not really here. And we don't actually know our location if we don't pause and breathe and, and actually say, God, what's really going on with me? I feel like... Um, people that are listening to this right now and even in the room, um, I would love for you to maybe even unpack some more because I feel like people are like, wait a second, maybe that's me. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe, maybe that's what I've been feeling. Mm-hmm. What, 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 are, what maybe are some, some ways that people can realize that they're not anywhere, that they're not here? What maybe, are there physical signs? Yeah. Are there emotional signs? What, what are some signs that maybe someone's like, okay, maybe she's talking about me right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if it's not happening now, it's not happening. Huh. Like, really. If it's not happening now, it's not happening. But for so many of us, we're living in different places in our minds and in our emotions other than the now. If it's not happening now, it's not happening. (laughs) Like, I could go home right now. Like, that, that just blew my mind. You're right. If it's not happening now, it's not happening. And and I love what Father Richard Rohr says. He says that we can't attain the presence of God because we're already in the presence of God. Mm. What's absent is awareness. And and that's the thing. So many of us, we have not learned how to be aware of what's happening now. We're missing awareness. And and when we miss awareness, we miss God. We miss ourselves. And we miss one another. And, And so... Coming back into this moment, you know, I think, Carlos, you talk so much about hope, and I think what's underneath hope is peace, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't experience peace if we're not present. And, right. and honestly, I think most of us, if we're not here, we're either rehashing the past, and, and we're basically trying to change something that has already happened, yep. or we're rehearsing the future, and we're trying to control something that we have absolutely no control over. Right. Right. And so those are the, at least those are my desired locations yeah. when I'm not here. I am either rehashing the past or I'm rehearsing the future. So let, let's go to rehashing the past. How, how specifically does rehashing the past take us out of the present? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's all about trying to change something that's already happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and when I started to notice that I was rehashing the past, I started to pay attention to some tells. Like, okay. they, they were usually these themes that would show up. A big one for me was blame. Anytime mm. I was blaming somebody, I was rehashing the past. And Absolutely. I love to blame people oh, yeah. because then I don't have to take responsibility, yeah, right? Come on. And so I was like, this is awesome. I can just direct <laughs> all my problems on someone or something else. And I realized every time blame was present, huh. I was rehashing the past. Come on. Jared and I just had, uh, we were, um, how shall I say? We were at uh, an impasse on some things. Oh, yes. And we were, we were working impasse. through some new things in yeah. our marriage. And, and we just weren't, um, we weren't navigating our way through. And we reached out to a friend and he said, hey, you, you should try this new counselor. And so we got on Zoom with her and, and we had this moment with her and she, you know, started talking with us about this and in this pattern of blame in our relationship. And she said, okay, I want you to turn your stools and I want you to face one another. And as you face one another, here's the question that I want you to answer. The thing I'm bringing to our relationship that is keeping us from connection is. <laughs> and I was like, so Joy, Um, I have a question about this exercise. (laughs) I thought that what we could do is I could just start with me telling Jarrett all the things he's doing that are keeping us from connection. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, no. (laughs) You got to start with you. And so, Carlos, we literally, we just go back and forth and Joy leads us back and forth to what we're doing that's keeping us from connection. Yeah. And I watched as, as blame 
just melted mm. away in that moment. Wow. And I was like, joy. Like, h- how does one do this on the regular basis? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, pay me two ninety nine a week. She's like that, <laughs> that, <hope> yeah. <laughs> and and she was like, oh well, we've just made a commitment to live undefended in our marriage. Mm. I'm like undefended. How how do, how do you do that? And wow. she literally said, well, you have to be in the present moment to do that. And so whenever blame showed up, I knew I was rehashing the past when shame showed up. I mean, shame, I like to call shame um, self-hatred at my expense. Wow. That's what shame is. Wow. Self-hatred at my expense. And any time shame was showing up in my life, I was just rehashing something that already happened. Grief, another one. Um, Just... And it's not, it's not just grief, it's unprocessed yes, grief, yes, right? Yes, that's good. And so when unprocessed grief is just floating to the surface, it's this tell that you're rehashing the yeah. past. Bitterness, um, you know, any time that we're holding on to a grudge, that grudge is holding on to us. Yes, this is so good. And, and that level of unforgiveness. And I think all of us in the pandemic, we probably had a moment where we saw somebody say something on the internet and we were like, oh man, Oh man, where are they going? Where are they going, right? And, yep. and I just watched so much anger and, and volatile connections happening. And, and, and I, I myself had some experiences that I'd never had with people before online. Yeah. And it was so painful. And it was just like ripping my heart out. And I found myself on the regular, like replaying mm. their words like rehashing how it went down. And I was like, Ginny, you're just holding on to bitterness. Yeah, that's you're so just good. holding on to bitterness and you need to let this go. Yes. You need to let this go. Um, yes. it, you know, I, I had a moment where I really worked through a process of forgiveness with somebody through it, just an online interaction. And, you know, months later, months later, I saw that she was walking through a really hard season. And a friend of hers, um, or actually I think it was a family member, got really sick. And I felt this prompting inside of me to reach out to her. And I was like, no. Mm. No, Lord. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I forgave her, but I will not re-engage with her. Yeah. And I just kept feeling the prompting. Wow. Like multiple days. And finally I was like, okay, this is just annoying. I'm annoyed with the prompting. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it because I, I want to get rid of the prompting yes. from God, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I don't want to be annoyed by this anymore. And so I just reached out to her and, and this was somebody that like had caused a lot of pain in my heart. Huh. And I just said, I just am so sorry that you're walking through a hard season and I'm just sending you love and prayers. Wow. And you know, Carlos... That's all that it was. Mm. But at the end of it, I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to not be bitter anymore. Yeah. This is what it feels like to not like hold something in your heart and have, have something you want to hold over another person. Yeah. And that's rehashing the past. That's yeah. bitterness, right? Yeah. And then there's guilt. Yeah. Guilt's another one. And I feel like guilt, guilt and blame and shame, they're like these triplets, right? Yeah. Um, like, like blame is like, you did something wrong. You made a mistake. Guilt is, I made a mistake. And uh-huh. shame is literally, I am a mistake. Mm-hmm. And all of these, these things, when they show up in our lives, they are tells that we are not here in the present moment. We are rehashing the past. This is good, right? I mean, this is, this is mind-blowing. I am... I'm shook. <laughs> I'm, I'm, shook. I'm shooketh. Like everyone listening to the podcast, I mean, literally, this is gold. Mm. This is this is so good. Um, and this is all in your book. It is. This is this is all in it the book. Is. You know, I, I know you don't like to sell your own book, but I'm, I'm going to tell you: stop the podcast right now, order the book, and then come back and listen to it because it's it's, it's that mm. good. Um, okay, so rehashing the past, obviously, um, I, I, I can see, I can see that. But how about how about like? Living in the future. How about, I mean, like, I love future Carlos. He's I, awesome. I mean, he is awesome. <laughs> like, like, everything about future me is, like, incredible. But, but is, like, future me, is, is spending too much time looking at future me 
taking me out of the here. Tell us about that. Yeah. Jeannie's got a great answer for future me and future you. But before we get to that answer, let's talk about future me for a second and something that I need. I need somebody to help me find somebody to help me. What do I mean by that? Well, our partners indeed can do that for me. Listen, there's no one that has a small business like mine or a small business like yours. And what Indeed does is they actually are a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. I am in need of a virtual assistant and Indeed's gonna help me find them. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring partner that can help me do it all and help you do it all. You can find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed's Instant Match Assessment and Virtual Interviews. Indeed makes it easy to start hiring. It takes 10 minutes or less for most small business employers to post a job according to Indeed data. So this is how we're going to do it. You guys can join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit. That is $75 to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash human hope. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash human hope. Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I, I like Future Genie too. She's yeah. amazing. Um, I mean, she's she's yeah. she's living an amazing life. Yeah. And what I realized about rehearsing the future was it was a way to avoid the present. Hmm. And every time I was rehearsing the future, it was keeping me from being in this now moment. Yeah. And rehearsing is all about controlling. And if there is something that I have mastered in this lifetime it is being a control freak. Wow. Like I, I, I know how to control things. And, yeah. um, and yet controlling keeps us from the present moment. It, it keeps us from what is. And, and we're not meant to be in the past, which was what was. We're not meant to be in all of our what ifs, which is the future. We're meant for what is. Yes. And, and I think the ways that we as a people tend to rehearse the future, one of the biggest is worry. Mm -hmm. Um, anxiety is just a way that we go out into the future and and we literally live in a not yet that is worse than our now. Yeah. Like we create a not yet, a fictitious reality that is worse than our factual now. And no, no amount of worry can actually change the future. Yeah. Um, and, and the only way that we are going to rid ourselves of, of such a propensity for worry and for anxiety is if we actually start to slow our lives. Mm, if we good. start to see one another in this now moment. Now you're talking my language. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I think that worry is a big one. Denial yes. is another one. Denial is, is kind of the worst kind of lie. It's the lie you tell yourself. And when uh, Brene Brown says, she says that when we deny our stories, they define us. And when we own our stories, we get to write a brave new ending. Wow. And I think so many of us, we, we create this relationship with denial. Like, I just don't want to look at it. I don't want to face it. I, I don't want to go there. And, and denial is just delaying the inevitable. Mm. And, uh, you know, so much wow. of formation in our life is consenting to reality. Yeah. Spiritual formation is consenting to reality. Yeah. Wow. And so many of us, we've just learned to deny reality. Yes. To, to try to run away from reality. But reality is where God has you. It's mm-hmm. the here and the now. And inside <clears throat> of your reality is exactly the way that God wants to form you. Yeah. If you're willing to pay attention to it. If you're willing to pay attention to it. Another one is pretending. And um, I think that season of exhaustion Uh for me was um, 
a game of pretending, wow. that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget, I, I joined a small group um, with this guy that um, taught me the question, what's here now? And a bunch of my friends from my small group are here tonight. And I'll never forget, Carlos, the very first small group literally was like four hours long and there were four questions. <laughs> that's, all, that's all the small group was. And I was like, what kind of whack place have I showed up in? Yeah. And these were the questions. Okay. If you knew me, you would know. If you really knew me, you would know. Well, those are two different questions. Two different questions. Well, I don't like those questions. What I don't want you to know about me. Oh. And what I really don't want you to know about me. What? Yeah. Yeah. This was the small group. Wow. And for four hours, we went around a circle answering those questions. And this is what was incredible to me. At the end of those four hours, I didn't know those people's last name. Right. I had no idea what their professions were. Yep. I didn't know if they were married. I didn't know if they had kids. I didn't know where they lived. But I knew that they weren't pretending. Right. Yeah. I knew they weren't pretending. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't pretending. And I got in that Uber and went home and I was like, this is how I want to live. I don't want to pretend anymore. Yeah, so good. I I don't want my ego to be the thing that people experience front and center of me. As much as it depends on me, may they experience my true self, God. Yeah. Always and forever. I don't want to pretend my way through this life. I want to be here be me and fully belong to myself, to others, and to you. And so many of us, we are stuck pretending. Yeah. And no wonder, no wonder there is so much anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. No wonder there's a mental health crisis. Yeah. It's because we're not letting ourselves truly be seen. Mm. If we just could see one another, the real Yes. True selves. So, so someone listening right now, that's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to stop pretending. Do I just, do, do I have my friend look me in the eye and ask me those questions <laughs> every single day? Like, is that what I do? Like, yeah. what do I do? How yeah. do I do it? What do they do? Yeah. It's, it's a practice, right? Mm. Yeah. Formation is a practice. Being present is a practice. It's not something that, you know, you like do it once and now you've got it. Yeah. Um, I'm going, to be practi- I'm going to practice being present for the rest of my life. Yeah. So are you. So are all of us. Um, and it's something that we have to return to. And I, yeah. I think, you know, to the person that is listening, it's why I wrote the question, what's here now? Mm. Um, it's, it's my compass to come back to the now moment. It, it's my way of going, okay, what's really going on here? Like, what's really going on here? Yeah. And um, I, I, I just ask myself, like, what am I sensing in my body? Okay. What am I feeling in my heart? Yep. And what am I thinking in my mind? And it's so interesting to me that, you know, when Jesus was asked, like, what's the most important thing that we should know? God, like, what do you want us to remember if we could boil this whole thing down? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Yep. And so he literally gave the answer to us. It's in your body. It's in your mind and it's in your heart. If you want to come into this now moment, you have to pay attention to what's going on in your body. You have to pay attention to what's going on in your heart and you have to know what's going on in your mind. And most of our minds are all over the place. Wow. Our hearts are all over the place. We, We don't know how to name what we're really feeling. And most of us don't really pay attention to what's happening in our bodies. Wow. You know, we don't pay attention until it's too late and yeah. it's, it's your body is now just reacting in a physical, in physical manifestations yeah. of anxiety. Um, I, I would love for us to, let, let's move to like, um, a, like, like a, a real life story yeah. from you. So we're, we're taking uh, a lot of these principles now um, and, and just kind of maybe apply them into chapter six. Mm. And in chapter six, you, you know, you're vulnerable through the entire book, uh, but you, you talk about the story of losing your younger brother and then six weeks climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yes, I said it right. <laughs> um, can you just tell us about that experience and how that experience ties into yeah. this? Yeah. I imagine that everybody that's listening right now and, and everyone here in the room 
has a loss in their life. Um, We've all walked through so much loss over the last couple of years. And that loss feels like it's like a lump in your throat. It it feels like just a, a pit in your stomach. And, you know, we've all probably gotten that phone call and I I will never never forget the phone call of June 5th 2019 and um, I was taking my daughter on a field trip and um, I had actually like not gone on a lot of field trips so I was kind of having one of those like proud mom moments like I'm doing it I'm I'm doing it I'm going on the field trip and we're sitting on the bus and I see my phone go off and it's my sister-in-law and I thought that maybe they had some like childcare mishaps early in the morning. They needed me to come watch my nephew, my seven-month-old nephew. And so I hit decline and just texted her right back and said, hey, I'm going on a, a field trip real quick. And she kept ringing. She texted back and she said, I need you to call me right away. And you know when you have that like yep. moment like you just know it's this is not a childcare moment. And um, I remember looking at Gigi and we were there on the bus. And I remember thinking something's really wrong. And so I kind of like hunkered down in my seat and I dialed up the number and she answered the phone and she was just screaming. And she said, I need you to come right now. Get off that bus. Your brother's not breathing. And I was like, okay. And I kind of like grabbed a teacher and said, you know, I can't go on the field trip. I need to leave right now. Can you take care of Jeej? And um, I got off. It was pouring rain. I was so flustered. I was like trying to find my phone to get an Uber to get across town. And I show up at my brother's house and walk in and my sister-in-law is standing there and my seven-month-old nephew and my brother is not breathing and I remember walking into the house and having this like visceral like Hmm. this is this is real Hmm. this is happening be here Hmm. And I just, like, grabbed my nephew in one arm and grabbed my sister-in-law in another, and they just started sobbing, and I started sobbing, and um, I don't know. It was like um, the shock of grief, the mm-hmm. shock of loss, the, um, the undoing of how did this happen, yeah. why did this happen, what do we do, like, just the chaos of, of loss, Right. And, um, yeah, my, my younger brother passed away in his sleep. Wow. And um, six weeks later, I was scheduled to go and climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And those six weeks was a lot of popping in and out of the present yeah. moment, yeah. if I'm being really honest. It was like touching into this really happened. How did this happen? Yeah. How are we here? And then kind of like just getting things done, right? Calling funeral homes and making arrangements and mm-hmm. walking with my family through unreal grief and yeah. loss. And so six weeks later, I get on this plane and I fly to the middle of nowhere. And um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. When you got on that airplane... Were, 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 did you, were you here? Yeah. I remember saying to my friend Michael, um, I don't know if I can do this. Hmm. Like, not just because I don't know how to climb a mountain, which, <laughs> let's be honest, I don't know how to climb a mountain. Yeah. The first time I walked into REI was the first time <laughs> I bought gear to go on this trip. So I was very inexperienced as a climber. And I remember saying to him, like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. He's like, well, just put one foot in front of the other. Hmm. And I had no idea how much that mountain wow. was a part of my healing. Yeah. Because all I could do was put one foot in front of the other. 
and walk out my grief. Yeah. And I will never forget the night we were, or the day we were getting to the, the final night of our summit, we crossed this plain up on, on the mountain and it's literally like a desert. And, um, and we were just walking and it was so hot and I was so exhausted. And somebody was playing some music and, um, and we were walking and that song, The Reckless Love of God, came on. And there's a line in that song that says, there's no mountain I won't climb up coming after you. And I'm walking in the middle of (laughs) Africa with a backpack on my back. And I literally started sobbing uncontrollably, like a guttural cry, as if it was the moment that my brother was gone. And the people that I was with um, just paused. There was silence on the mountain. And one of our guides at some point came and took my backpack off of me and just let me cry. Wow. And just let me be in the present moment with my grief. Because up until that moment, I was kind of like, popping in and out of, of the grief. I, yeah. I wasn't really fully present with it. And later that day, what I didn't realize was that once we got to camp, um, this guide came up to me and handed me my backpack. And I didn't realize that he carried the pack the entire rest wow. of, wow. The tr- of wow. that day. And I said, what is your name? And he said, Emmanuel. I was like no it isn't (laughs) your name is not Emmanuel your name is like Joe like and um, oh my gosh wow I let go of grief on that mountain and um, what I realized about grief and and the reason that I like kind of pause on this one is that all of us are holding something. Yeah. All yeah. of us are holding something. And you can either give in to grief, uh. and grief can own you, or you can go into grief. And you can do the work of grief. Yeah. I, I love our, our friends that commit themselves to the work of recovery. And what they say about the work of recovery is that the work works when you work it. Mm. And grief is like that. You have to do the work of grief. And the only place where you can do the work of grief is in the present moment. I had to get present to my grief. Mm. I had to get present to that loss. I had to feel it all the way through my body. And it just so happened to be on the side of a mountain in the middle of Africa. Wow. With a man named Emmanuel that carried my backpack. Yeah. That's amazing. I, um, you know, again, there's people that are listening to this right now that I think I know that that story um, and, and the moment where you said, you've got to work it. You have to, this is something that you can't just let, there's a lot of people that are just letting their grief sit. Yeah. So can, can you, you know, this isn't necessarily part of the, yeah. the questions that we had, but I, I just feel like it's really important because I feel like there's, there's so many people that are listening to this right now that are like, you're right. I've, I, that happened. The trauma happened. I've turned my back towards it. I've run as fast and as far away from it as I can, yeah. but it's just, it, it's just following them. Like it, it's, it's not there. Like what, what's, what's the first thing somebody can do just to, to start working through yeah. that? I think so often we hold on to grief and we don't process our grief because we hold it in isolation. Mm. And one of the first things that I would say to you is to let somebody in. Oh, that's good. Let somebody in. Um, You know, isolation plus vulnerability, it equals fear. Like Mm. when you're just isolated and you're vulnerable with all of your loss and all of your grief, that fear is going to just keep rising in your heart and in your mind and in your body. Yeah. But when you allow connection to come with vulnerability, 
Yeah. Then you experience a sense of courage. Yeah. It's this, it's this ability to go, I'm going to let myself be seen in, in the most raw and vulnerable way. Yeah. And, and that's often what grief is. Mm. It feels so vulnerable. Yeah. And, and we are so conditioned to push our grief underwater. Yeah. And, and, and we've got a bunch of beach <clears throat> balls here in the room. If you were to take any one of these beach balls and try to push it underwater... It will pop out. Yeah. It's not meant to be pushed under. Our grief is meant to be named. Our grief is meant to be felt. Yeah. And our grief is meant to be seen and be given a witness to by another person. Yeah. Wow. So many of us actually don't respect our grief. Yeah. So good. So good. We need to name it. This is grief. This is loss. Yeah. I'm going to name it as such. I'm going to respect that something has shifted and changed in my life. And all change is loss. Yeah. And all loss changes us. And so when we can name it as that, we can actually start to do the beautiful work of transforming our grief. Grief is meant to grow something in our lives. Mm. It's not meant to be this dormant thing that was just a loss and now we have to live with it. Yeah. There should be fruit that comes from our loss. So good. I remember at my dad's funeral and my brother's funeral, I remember looking in the mirror and putting my mascara on and saying, God, I am so mad at you that I'm putting mascara on for my dad's funeral and my brother's funeral. And what I'm really mad about is the fact that you're going to use this in my life. Yeah. And I'm going to grow and I'm going to be better and I'm going to understand people. And I'll tell you, Carlos, here at, at our church where we're recording this, we have this prayer hall. Yeah. And every Sunday, it's like, it's where the real stuff goes down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's the real, it's the real thing. People don't really come for church. I think they come for the prayer hall. Yeah. And I'll tell you, every time I go in there, almost every time God has me pray with somebody that's walking through grief. Wow. And every single time I'm like, I know God. Mm. I know that if I were writing my story, I'd put my dad and my brother right back here on this planet. But you're the author. Yeah. And I'll never know the answer why. And you're using that in my life and in other people's lives on a regular basis. Wow. Wow. That was good. That was good. Um, thanks for sharing that story with me. Um, you know, I, I know that, that, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about pulling someone into your grief, right? In order to walk. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of unprocessed grief because grief isn't just death of a loved one, right? No. There, there's, there's all kinds of grief. There's, there's people that are grieving loss of jobs, uh, over over the pandemic, there's lo- loss of you know of family members, yeah. loss of relationships with friends that that they've grown to love for decades, and suddenly two people decide to vote for two different presidents, and yeah. there's grieving over relationship loss. There's there there's a lot of grieving happening yeah. right now. Yeah. There's a, there's there a lot of that happening, and you know something that I like to say to the Insta Familia. Any Insta Familia in the house? I, the, we, there's Insta Come Familia. On. So the Insta Familia, I, I like to say it all the time. I, when someone asks me, Carlos, where do you stand on the issue of mm-hmm. whatever the hot topic issue is? I always yeah. say, I don't stand on issues, I walk with people. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's not, a, that's not a, a cheap way to get out of a conversation. It really is what I believe. Like I'm not, issues aren't issues, they're people, right? Mm-hmm. And so like if I want to have an opinion on it, I've got to walk with the person that's, that is that issue. And so I say that all the time, but can you talk to us about how this Again, this specifically, what's here now, how that can play a role in maybe how divided we are in our relationships right now, and maybe, you know, how we can work past some, some issues in relationships specifically. Yeah, I, I love what Mother Teresa says. She says that if we have no peace, it's because we've forgotten that we belong to each other. Wow. Isn't that good? If we have no peace... It's because we've forgotten that we belong to each other. And when we only see one another by how we vote, when we only see one another by where we stand on an issue, when we only see one another by how our beliefs work themselves out here in this world, 
then we forget that we belong to one another. Yeah. And that's why we have no peace. Yeah, that's good. And people are so desperate. Oh. Desperate to be seen. Yes. And when we are not seen, we do absolutely horrific things to one another. Yeah. We stop, we stop realizing that there's belonging here. Yeah. And it's okay to disagree. Yeah. It's okay to see this world differently. The older I get, the more the mystery gets pronounced. Yes. And the more I have had to make peace with the mystery. Yeah. I, I, I like answering things all the time by saying, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> because I don't. And guess what? <clears throat> Neither do you. Yeah. And when we can actually get face to face with one another, eyeball to eyeball with one another, so when we realize we belong to one another, I think that's what's so beautiful about why so many people have been drawn to the human hope and, yeah. and why they are drawn to the Insta Familia. They feel seen in that community. Yeah. They feel welcomed. They feel like there's a sense of belonging in a, in a place where maybe they don't feel that sure. in their lives. And, um, you know, you don't need to fix somebody's feelings. Right. They're not asking for their feelings to be fixed. Right. You don't need to tell someone how to handle what it is that they're going through. You don't need to, you know, tell somebody like, this is exactly how you should navigate your way through this life. Yeah. What you need to do is see your people. Yes. That's good. See your people. And, and I think so much of our, our crisis right now is because we have gotten so far away from seeing. Yeah. And the only place where you can see is in the present moment. Mm. I can't see you in your past and I can't see you in your future. I can only see you here and now. And so when we come into this present moment, we get to see one another, we get Mm. to see ourselves and we get to see God. And there's no, there's no greater moment, right? The zip code of God is the here and the now. Yeah. Like if you, if you want to know where God is, it's right here. This is always where God is in the present. And God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But if you want to experience God, you have to be in this present moment. If you want to experience what's really going on in yourself, you have to be in this present moment. And if you want to have any sense of belonging with another person, Mm. it has to be in this now moment. And so when we practice this seeing, those issues start to, they start to fade. They start to soften. Um, And and it, it changes the, the community. You, you, you talk a lot again about um, asking the question, what's here now? Like, like that's something you can, apparently you can just do, right? Someone's you can do it at any moment. Right now, someone's listening, working out. You know, I want to do it with you. Are you willing to do thing? it? Oh yeah. I'm re- oh, you want me to yes, ask that question? Yes, I want you to practice it. In front of all these people. In front of all these people. Okay. okay. You ready? Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you so what you do. So you're going to show me how to do it? I'm going to show you how to do it. Do I have Literally. to do something with my body? <laughs> or? You, you don't have to. Okay. But if you want to, you can. Okay. Um, literally so I, what I like to do is I literally like to light a candle oh. so I'm gonna light a candle and, and the candle is not like it doesn't mean anything okay um but I don't, I don't have to like look at no, it you okay. don't have to look at the light okay the light's not gonna do anything okay, okay. I light this the candle good. to remind me to be here <laughs> okay well I want to light it Holy this, is, this is me so I'm gonna do it oh you're gonna do it all right light That's the candle right. you're not gonna be with me next time I'm I not ask, I'm not you can call so, me you can yeah, call okay, me there you Sweet. go. You okay. can light the candle. I lit, I lit a candle for those of you listening. Okay. Yep. And so I just, I, I literally want you to take a deep breath. Okay. And okay. Take another one. Another one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I smell the candle. <laughs> okay. And all I want you to do is I want you to tell me what you're sensing in your body right now. And you don't need to give me any explanation. Just, just explain the sensations in your body. Um... My right foot is tingling. Um, I, I have that, uh, you know, like when you're really happy, kind of fluttery in the chest kind of mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels really good to exhale. Mm. I'm glad you asked me to do that because I don't, I feel like I've maybe been mm. holding my breath today and I didn't even know it. Mm. Um, right foot still tingling a little bit. Mm. Um, That's good. Yeah. Okay, now I want you to tell me what you're feeling in your heart. My heart? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a little... Ooh. Yeah. 
think I'm a little worried about my son. Mm. Yeah. He had a rough day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tenderness here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now I want you to tell me what is running through your mind. Um, that my eyes are closed and there's a couple hundred people staring at me right now. <laughs> um, um, honestly, I, I, I feel running through my mind. It's that I just keep seeing it's, it's going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. It's the whole practice. That's it. That's it. You just oh, I, I like cried. Mm-hmm. That was cool. The whole practice, it's, yeah. it's bringing attention to what's here now. Yeah. You know, so yeah. many of us just, we, we just are human doings. Well, We're not human beings. beings. And, and, and when you paused, yeah. you chose to be yeah. in the moment. Whereas I could have, well, well, what would have happened had you not asked me to do that is I would, I'd have been worried about a conversation I had with Losiah mm-hmm. and then I would have shoved it away and not thought about it probably ever, to yeah. be honest with you. And but now it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to call him when I get done with yeah. this, you know? Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. That was so good. It's, it's the power. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's, and you did it for you, Carlos. Yeah. I didn't even do it for you, yeah. you know? And that's the power of the present moment. It's not like I'm some mystic guide. That's a guru that right. can help people get to the present moment. Oh, that would be absolutely, really cool if you were there. It would be cool, but I'm not. <laughs> you came uh, I, have absolutely, I have absolutely yeah. no power to take somebody to the present moment. Only the power of God can do that. Come on, that is only, so good. Only the power of God and you being attentive to yourself yeah. You being attentive to what's going on inside of you and you being attentive to God yeah. in that now moment. Yeah. And those things came up. And, you know, what's beautiful is we've just been sitting here talking for a few minutes and, and you've been asking me some wonderful questions and we've been here with this audience. But, you know, this whole audience just got to see you. Yeah. Yeah. They just got to see present Carlos. Yes. Not you putting on a podcast, right. not you not rehashing wit. something, not low sweat or yeah. the instant, just you. Yeah. And I am convinced this is what people are desperate for in yes. their lives. Yeah. They are desperate to be seen. Yeah. And it changes everything. Yeah. It changes everything. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, um, I just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the desperation you're talking about Every single person, when you said that, at least I know I could see it in the room, took a deep breath because mm-hmm. you're right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I, I want to let everybody know that's listening to this, um, that I meant every word I said when mm-hmm. I, what, what I wrote, when I endorsed the book, mm-hmm. uh, but not, I wasn't endorsing the book. Like I, I'm just speaking truth about my friend mm-hmm. and this book is life changing. And so thank you for writing it. Mm. Um, thank you for writing it so that you could experience it so that you could help me experience it right now. So that like tomorrow I'm like, where am I? What's here? Let's do this again. <laughs> Light the candle. Like I'm, I'm like, like, I'm you like, you can take uh, the candle home with yeah, you. <laughs> I'm like, in. like I'm ready. I've been, I've been carrying like a, a big lighter with me everywhere I go and just light that thing. And I, I'm a habit. So mm. uh, I just want to say thank you mm. for being on the human hope podcast. You mm. are a picture of human hope. Mm. Um, and, uh, and it's because, uh, you, you are completely covered and saturated by not only the humanity, but the divinity of Jesus. Mm. And I just want to, uh, thank you for that. Mm. And, uh, how I want to close this because we never have a live audience is I want you guys to thank Jeannie for writing this book and, uh, give her a round of applause. Thank you so much. How about we do that every week? (laughs) Jeannie, thank you. Guys, wherever you buy your books, go ahead right now, order what's here now. Um, This, the way she thinks about this, I've never, ever come across. And it's been so helpful. Uh, So thank you, Jeannie. And thank you, Human Hope, for letting me try something different. What do you guys think? Maybe, Maybe we take the show on the road? Maybe we take the intro song on the road. 
and y'all can get hype with me. I mean, right now, right? Like your shoulders are bouncing. I don't know. I think I think it's a good idea. Hey, listen, I've had a blast with you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. Make sure you rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, let everybody know about the podcast. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, hit it. All right. Now that we're grooving, I will be back next week with another episode of Human Hope. And, you know, last week, excuse me, last year, I took off a couple weeks. I don't want to take off no more weeks. And next week, guests, did I say that incorrectly? Next week's guest is going to blow your mind. Such an educational episode. Um, and it's one of those guests that you you will never have heard of this person and you will not leave the podcast the same. Big promises left and right. I'll see you guys next week. Talk soon.